Well, friends, one of my favorite things is talking to authors about their books. First of all, I love books, and if you came to my home, you would know that right away. There are bookshelves everywhere, and I probably have more books than I can ever read in a lifetime. But that doesn't stop me from loving books. But even more than that, I love to hear the heart of the author. I love why the author wrote those words. I know the time and the dedication that goes into writing a book. And this following episode is a recording that I did with a friend of mine, an author friend of mine, about their book. And we're going to be sharing the what brought them to this point, their writing career, but mostly hear their heart. What is the message that they want to get through to the reader? With all the time, with all the energy, with all the effort, really what is the main purpose? So I hope that you will enjoy this episode. You can also go over to my YouTube channel, just search for Trisha Goyer, and you can find the video recording of our interview. So friend, I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. Home should be a place of victory for your family, but Christian values are being threatened everywhere. What can a parent do when they are trying to raise their children from a faith-based perspective? Winning at Home, Tackling the Topics that Confuse Kids and Scare Parents, written by Dan Seaborn with his team of credentialed counselors, coaches, and pastors, dives into the mess of 21st century parenting and provides clarity in the midst of chaos. Don't we all need that? It provides tools to tackle some of today's complex topics. Supporting parents with toddlers all the way to launching adult children, winning at home, is the parenting manual every Christian home needs. Thank you for tuning in to The Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hello, friends. Trisha Goyer here, and I am here with Dan Seaborn. And we are talking about his wonderful book, Winning at Home. Uh, okay, you have to listen to the subtitle because this is a book you're definitely going to want to check out. Tackling the topics that confuse kids and scare parents. I mean, what parent isn't confused? What child or what child or parent isn't confused or scared right now? I mean, so much is going on. So before we jump into the book, Dan, I want to just welcome you. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you, Tricia. So kind of you to allow me to be with you today. And yeah, this this is a simple dude trying to love the Lord and focus people more on Jesus. I, I grew up in the Carolinas, moved up to Michigan, been up here now for 30 years doing ministry. And uh, my background's actually finance. That's what I graduated from college with, but felt the call to ministry 
a call to serve the Lord, became a youth pastor, and it's grown into this ministry actually called Winning at Home. And so uh, Salem Communications actually said, can we name the book Winning at Home? And I'm like, sure, I'm not going to fight you on that. But we've been uh, seeking to lead this organization called Winning at Home. It is a ministry basically set to help parents with practical biblical insight just for everyday life. We have coaches, we have counselors, I travel and speak. And our goal is just to get the message of Jesus out to as many people as possible and help them know no matter what you're facing, you know, I call parenting broken people raising more broken people. And my goal is just to speak into the lives and hearts of individuals, the hope that I found in Christ uh, from my own childhood, very challenging stuff, very, very dysfunctional home. Uh, when the Lord called me to start this ministry, I was like, Lord, I, not me. I mean, I'm, I'm broken. I came from a really tough home environment with my father and great mom, but my dad was pretty clueless, even though he's involved in the church. And, you know, through the years, the Lord has shown me, I want to use your brokenness. I want to use yeah. your hurt, your pain, the things that you went through. And so you know, it's, it's pretty hard. People will see quite often hear me speak or see me talk and go, well, you, you, you don't really relate. And I go, oh, oh, really? Well, let me share some of my childhood and share the things I've been through. So today, I hope to be, just be transparent about the things the Lord has taught me and I hope to encourage those who are listening. Well, I love that so much. And it makes me think of the verse, in our weakness, his strength is complete yeah, yeah. in all those areas. And I feel the same way. I was a teen mom. I mean, made all the mistakes, had three kids by the time I was 22. And then, you know, became a Christian, like, I'm going to do everything right. Yeah. And even the things we think are right later were like, I was too strict or I was <laughs> like all the things we realized yeah. that like, there's no perfect, like these are the rules of parenting. Like if we could just have the list of yeah. rules of parenting and follow those, but then we get the kids with yeah. all the yeah. personality. You have four kids. Four. I have 10 kids. Right. I, all of them are going to have different personalities and then different struggles and things that they're going through. So no matter, I mean, you're broken, I'm broken, our kids are broken. And that's why we need good resources, which I am so thankful. So you talk about this, this childhood, just share a little bit about that. Cause I think like you were saying, a lot of people say, you don't understand what I'm going through, or you don't understand the childhood I have. So I definitely want to talk about the topics here, but just sure, share sure. a little bit about that. Cause I think that relatable, like people want to know like, Oh, he can, he, he dealt with some of the things that I'm dealing with. Yeah, yeah, he he gets it. It. yeah. So I would say, you know, growing up, you, you obviously don't know what you're growing up in. You know, I, I thought it was pretty normal. But looking back, I had, mom and dad were very much church tenders, those type of things. I grew up in the Carolinas and, you know, dad was the song leader. He was the treasurer of the church, et cetera. But he was just really abusive, like physically mm -hmm. beat my mother, usually twice a week. Looking back now, um, uh, really fascinating as I look back and realize, oh my goodness, he probably was bipolar. I'm not sure some other stuff he dealt with. And he, he was just a very abusive man, abusive to my older brother. It was just me and my brother and he was bigger than me. So my brother Joe took a lot of the physical abuse from my father. I took a lot of mental, emotional abuse from my father. I mean, Trisha, if I cared, I mean, we were held at gunpoint one time. I had a gun held in my face and dad said, if you move, I'm going to shoot you. I mean, I've got bizarre stories from my childhood and I didn't understand until I got older how dysfunctional it really was. Now, I, I need to quickly say my father passed away last year of COVID uh, and I held him in his dying days, his dying moment, because I promised my mom five years ago when she passed that I would take care of him. And we finished really well. So wow. I'm going to give all praise and glory to the Lord that though dad didn't really change, 
I did. You know, I had hatred for him. I remember at 17, I told my mom, mom, let's leave. I, I'll, I'll drive the car. Let's leave. And she said, no, no, I'm going to stay with him. And I, I remember being angry at her about that and, mm-hmm. and just wanted to get out of that house. And so, you know, as I grew up, as I began to raise my own children, I realized that I was carrying so much baggage, so much hurt, so much pain from that childhood, from a dysfunctional father. And even when I began to start the ministry of winning at home, when the Lord laid on my heart to start this organization, I was like, God, I, I winning at home. Are you kidding me? I mean, I don't even know what that means. And I remember very clearly the Lord laying in my heart. I'm, I want you to bring your brokenness and let's walk together and let people find hope and encouragement through that. So, yeah. Growing up, very dysfunctional, uh, married a, a lady named Jane who grew up without a dad. We talk about it was dysfunction plus dysfunction. Wow, yeah. But, you know, the, the beautiful factor there is, you know, I always say Dan plus Jane, fun, dysfunction plus dysfunction plus Jesus. Yeah. You know, add that Jesus factor because without it, I got no hope. But with Jesus, I really believe um, the Lord can do anything. And that's why I hope to encourage all those who are listening today. Somebody's listening and, and watching and you're in a tough spot. and You go, well, I'll never get out of this spot. Yeah, I, I relate. I get it. I understand. I've had nights where I didn't sleep and I've had nights of hopelessness. Mm-hmm. So I know there's hope. And that's what I want to bring today is from that, from my dysfunction, the Lord created some healthiness. And I sit here today, I'm pretty stinking healthy and, and I'm growing in the Lord. And I want that to be a testimony to his goodness. Oh, I love that so much. And I love that because you understand that brokenness, when you give hope, it's not like, well, let me tell you how it is. Like, I'm just going to, you're really speaking from understanding and compassion. And I wanted to go over some of the topics. So um, in the book, we talk about true identity as parents, understanding your true identity, mental health, having a child with mental health um, concerns, technology, um, parenting in a hyper-sexualized world. Yeah. I mean, I think these are all things, gender and sexuality, appreciation for scripture. I mean, there are so many topics that you talk about in the book that I think we are looking for answers. Like, what do you do about this? And we're trying to ask our friends and we're trying to get information. And I love how you got experts because I want to talk about this too. So yeah. it's not just, you know, Dan knows everything, which I know you know a lot and God yeah. has taught you a lot, but talk about the importance for you to talk about experts and get expert opinions to come in and talk about some of these topics. Well, what happened, Tricia, was about a year ago, Salem Communication actually called our office and said, hey, Dan, would you consider writing a book on this topic? And I said, well, what do you mean? They said, well, you know, you're speaking a lot about the chaos in our society. And and I do. We're in a chaotic society. And in the middle of that, I want to bring some clarity. And I, I just said to Salem, if you would allow me to collaborate with the professionals here, we have clinically trained people. I'm a preacher. I know God's word. I can bring that part of it. But I think when you blend the spiritual with that clinician guidance and just the knowledge that's learned by studying the mind, and we have people specifically trained in each of those areas you mentioned, I said, can I collaborate with them and bring them on the team? I, I said, I know you won't put my name on the book, but in the back of the book, you see all the names of the yeah. people who really wrote this book. And they said, we're open to that. We're willing to do that. And, and like I said, I didn't set out to write this book. I, I think that God brought this book about because of the very things you talked about. I've, I've been through a lot. Mm-hmm. And seeing the droves of people who come here to get help, I knew that our counselors could speak into these topics that are so critical right now for parents. I mean, 
I, I'm a realist. I'm all about the church, the big C. I'm, I'm a pastor. I love it. I travel and preach all the time. But I really don't think parents are prepared for what the next 10 years are going to bring their way. And the reason I say that, Tricia, is, you know, we had a three and a half year old kid come to our offices three weeks ago and he asked his parents to come three and a half. I mean, I've got a three and a half year old grandkid. OK, yeah. so I get that age. And this kid was wanting to have a sex change. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you're three and a half. What, what's going on in our society, in our world that that they're kind even of aware of that? Yeah, they're even what aware the of what yeah. the world. How is that even coming about? And so with that being true, this this agenda that's almost being driven down our kids throats, whether it's school, whether it's culture, social media, whatever it is, I felt that the obligation in my heart when they call and ask me to bring a message of true identity, because, you know, this book doesn't answer all your questions. You won't read it and go, oh, now I know exactly what to say. That's not what this book is. This book will give you some very good, solid advice on how to handle conversations with your kids. But I'll tell you what this book's going to do. I had a had a young lady. She said she was reading it. She was one of the pre-readers. She's on the beach reading it. She said, this is not what I was thinking. You're making me look at my own self. And where do I find my identity? And do I have a solid foundation? If my kid even came to me with a solid question, would my answer be foundationally strong? Or is it just shifting sand like everything else? And that's what this is really about. I've asked these experts to come along beside me, give the best clinical guidance that we can. But as we do in the first chapter, we point out the fact that if you find your true identity in who God made you to be today, Tricia, I mean, you know, you, you have many followers who follow you, but, but the true identity of Tricia is not in your podcast. It's not in the social media gathering. It's found in God. And if we find our identity there first, a lot of the other things seem to fall into place. And as parents, we're responsible to set that solid foundation. And frankly, in the world we're in, it's scary to know the things that could be coming our way, but not when you have that solidity that's found in the Lord Jesus. And, you know, here I am at the age of 61, been through a whole lot of stuff as a parent. I finally found my surety. It was in Jesus all along. I'm a preacher. And yeah. I didn't have it there. I, I found my identity in how my kids were doing, found my identity in how my marriage was doing. And when my kids stuff, when that all fell apart, guess what? The rug got jerked out from under my feet. And I found out, oh, I guess how my kids are doing is not my foundation in life. I guess it better be Jesus because otherwise I'm just going to be toppled over every day. So that's what this yeah. book is about. I love that so much. I'm so glad you brought that up because I think when it comes like we think of, oh, yeah, I knew I know who I am. No, like I mentioned, I was, uh, I was a teen mom. I had three kids by the time I was 22 and I'm going to be the perfect Christian parent. And I'm going to, we have this rule and that rule and this rule. And then kids grow up and they, they don't go, they don't follow every rule. And then we started adopting and, uh, we adopted kids <laughs> from trauma. We adopted a newborn and we adopted toddlers and we adopted teenagers um, who have so much baggage. And I'm like, well, we're going to get chores down. We're going to homeschool. Like we're going to do all these things and everything's going to line up. And then it doesn't always happen that way. And so I think I remember like you talked about the identity. I thought my identity was on my clean house and on homeschooling yep. my kids and on writing these books. And it was a moment that I was in the laundry room. We had just, we had adopted seven children over five years added all these kids. My house was a mess constantly. My deadlines were late. I was exhausted. And I was in the laundry room with a huge pile of laundry. 
completely overwhelmed, crying like, God, I can't do this. And right. the voice I heard whispered, like it wasn't loud, but it was, I could tell it was God's spirit saying, I love you just as much. I love you just as much if the laundry's done or not done, if the book is done or not done. And it was that moment where I realized it's not about all the stuff that I've been focusing on and trying to do and working so hard. It was about God's love for me. And I'm so glad you brought that up because identity is your first chapter. Why don't you speak to the person who's maybe listening right now and says, wait, I like, doesn't God want us to do all these good things? And aren't we supposed to have all these rules as parents or aren't we supposed to do this with our lives and have our purpose and our goals and our goal setting plans, all these things. What do you speak to that person before we get into any of these other topics about their identity? Well, I, I can just speak from personal testimony, having a father like I did. Um, I spent my whole childhood trying to make him happy. Mm -hmm. I, I tried to perform in this and that and the other from mowing the grass to being the best in the choir or being able to play the piano better than my brother, anything I could do to get my dad to say, good job. And, you know, he never said it, Tricia. And even, you know, in my later years in life, I would, my dad uh, lived in a nursing home close to me and I can still remember, I go see him after I would finish speaking. And for my father making it in ministry was to, to have a church where you're a senior pastor or lead pastor or whatever. Well, I travel and preach all across the country and around the world. That, that's what I do. I never am at the same place. And he would say to me, where'd you preach this week? And I would name a place and he would go, hmm, were they, were they willing to let you stay? Can you just not find a place that'll let you stay? Wow. Well, guess what that does, man? That tears at you going, I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. And somebody right now watching, that's what you feel. But the reason is because you you said it, Tricia, you nailed it. You said, I'm sitting in the laundry room and God says, hey, no matter if all this stuff is done, I love you. And it was for me discovering that I'm his kid and he loved me. And he's not basing on how good I do in this interview. He's not basing on where I spoke last weekend. He's not basing it on if did any books sell? How many books did you sell? God is not in heaven. Based, that's all performance driven. Yeah. And we don't even realize we're doing it to ourselves. It's, we've anchored in things that do not last. I'm talking about us who even believe in God. We've anchored in things that do not last. And for me, you know, I, I preached recently from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And it says, we are God's handiwork created for the purposes that Christ established for us even before we were born. Are you kidding me? Right there is my identity. God already predetermined what Dan Seaborn's life is going to be about. He already decided that. And so I just need to live into it. And I listen, I don't need to have another interview to feel like I'm valuable. I don't need to write another book to feel like I'm valuable. And somebody watching, going, well, you're on here to promote your book. Actually, I'm not. Uh, I was invited to do this. A publicist set it up. I didn't know about this interview till this morning. So <laughs> whatever it's worth, it's this, isn't, this, this isn't what I'm about. I'm about knowing that God has a purpose for me. And you're looking at a kid who grew up with none of this, none of it. But God has assured in my soul that he has a purpose for me and he loves me today. If this thing flopped and everybody on the little side there was writing, this is terrible. Get him off the air. <laughs> Even if that happened, I'm still God's kid and he loves me. And when we really get that, when when we get that, and then that's what I want to pass to my kids. Yeah. You don't need to perform. You don't need to make me happy. Look, I got stuff I'd like you to accomplish. I got stuff I'd like to accomplish. But even if I fail in those things that I'm shooting for, God loves me. 
And somebody needs to hear that today because you've always found your identity in some anchor that's not really Jesus. And I pray that you'll hear that from my word. I mean, if if you get this, like Teresa, you can probably see it on my face. It's changed my life. Yeah. You know, I probably got more energy now than I've ever had because I'm truly living into what God has for me versus what I think I need to pull off to be worth it. I love that so much. And it changes everything because when our as a parent, we feel our identities in God. It's not all these things. It's not how our children perform. It's yeah. not if they have mental health issues or not. It's not if they grow up. I mean, whatever it is, you know, unexpected pregnancy um, or considering their gender identity, have questions about their it, totally. If we have our identity there, um, yes, we're going to have, we're going to be praying for them. We're going to be trying to, you know, minister to them. We're trying to you speak truth into their lives. We're going to be trying to help them, but it's not going to change us. So let's talk a, a little bit about that. How does knowing your identity, you, you started with that for chapter one for a reason. How does knowing our identity impact all these other things that you talk about throughout the book? If you don't figure this, this first thing out, if you don't find your identity in Jesus, I believe you're going to have a lifelong struggle. I believe you're going to struggle, feel chaotic inside, never feel good enough. And, you know, Teresa, I, I'm laughing as you're sharing it because I, I was a youth pastor for 10 years. Okay. Yeah. And I remember parents would come to me, say, Hey, my kid's struggling. And my first thought would be, I wonder what they did wrong. You know, and that's just where I was at. And then I didn't even realize it about myself, but I did have my wife and kids. Like I'm a preacher. Okay. Don't, yeah. don't hear me wrong. I'm a preacher. I didn't realize I had this, but I had my wife and kids up here and God here. As long as they were doing good, then I was good. And since I was having no issues and since things were going good, I thought it was great. When this toppled, yeah. when my family fell apart, when my daughter went wayward, when I began to have these struggles, my whole earth shattered. And, and all of a sudden, whoa, God actually rose to the spot he should have been all along. I was basing my value and my identity on how my kids were doing. And when that got shattered, then I thought I was no good. And I know, oh, I know so many preachers. Like since I'm a preacher, I can talk about preachers. I know so many preachers who are here. They're living with guilt, shame, fear to let anybody know their family's struggling because mm -hmm. the Bible says it's got to be an order for you to be a preacher. And I believe that the Lord used it to get me in a proper place of identifying what's most important and it is God. And you, you'd love this on Father's Day this year. I set all my kids down. I said, guys, I love y'all. You mean the world to me. I'll fight for you. I'll be here for you. Love you like crazy. But you aren't as important as Jesus to me anymore. I've had this out of order my whole life and I've tried to make you happy. I've tried to fulfill everything you need. I'm worn out. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm here. If you want to talk to me, I'll love you, support you. But I'm going to go fulfill the purpose God has for me. Literally, listen, Tricia, literally to a child, they looked at me and went, Dad, good job. Good job. We want you to go do that. We see how God has gifted you to do this work for him. And we see that you got off track. You wanted to quit. I wanted to give up, Tricia. I was, I was done. I was going to walk away from ministry and everything else. But when the Lord renewed my spirit and showed me, look, look, I got this for you. This is your identity. My, this is your purpose. I sat with a bunch of um, millionaire leaders the other day in a room. They're all millionaires sitting around the table and they, they brought me in, wanted me to kind of challenge them. And I looked at everyone. I said, we're going to go around the room. I want you to tell me what's your purpose on the earth. Like, if you have your time, what, I went around the room. They're sitting there like, um, I, I haven't really thought about this. 
what? What are you kidding me? What it tells me is, you know where the, you know where their anchor was? Their money. Yeah. Their identity is found in all the stuff they own, and that's yeah. what this world does to us. You said it earlier. We found our identity in our kids, what we own, our yeah. gifts and talents, all these things, and and it's just so easy to fall into that trap. And they're they're distractions that really keep us from the true purpose of what God has for our life. And the reason I did this in chapter one is because if you don't have this as a parent. Mm -hmm. You certainly can't pass it on to your kids. You Absolutely. can't help them understand when they're saying they're struggling with our identity. A lot of parents need to start with, hey, babe, me too. <laughs> me too. Because, you know, it's easy to bag on them. Go, Why are you struggling with that? Well, maybe they've learned it from you yeah. because they haven't seen that solidity in the Lord. Oh, I, when they I see me. I'm on that, but it's a big deal. Yeah. When they see me running around because someone's going to drop by and I'm throwing all the stuff in the closet because I know how to clean and then. Oh, hello. Our house is on. Yeah. They're like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They can see right through that. They, they live with us. They see us. So yeah. I love that. And I think that's so helpful. Um, you know, we don't need to try to be perfect. They live with us. They know we're not perfect. Okay. If you're struggling with this. Let me tell you how I'm struggling with the same, not Absolutely. maybe the specific issue, but the same identity or faith Absolutely. or whatever in my life. I'm struggling. Yeah. So I want to, I want to mention some of these comments. Okay. Um, so Diana said she'd love to hear you preach. Oh, so, that's good. Diana, we're going to give you some resources at the end so you can do that. Um, Tina said, oh, let's see if we get the whole the quote in here. Such poignant and needed word. The enemy constantly attacks with shame and insufficient ac accusations. One of the many times I complained to the Lord about not being good enough, God said, you're right, but I am. Tina, yeah. thank you. That is so good. That's quotable. I'll, I'd like I'd like to come up with that statement myself. That's good. <laughs> good job, Tina. German, right? It's great. Yeah. We aren't well, we aren't sufficient. Well, and what what happens is um, so Tricia, you know, so what did I do with my kids, right? I go and try to give them everything my father didn't give me. We know that. We know the cycle continues. So I swing that pendulum the other way. Then I go too far. And now they're over there going, I want to go back. So it really comes down, you know, this morning I was studying the word and just thinking about how self-sufficient God is. Like one of his characters, characteristics about God is he's self-sufficient. Like, like if I had a glass here in my hand, uh, you can drink from God all day long and his his level of water never goes from the tip top. How cool is that? Mine constantly going down yeah. as a parent at the end of the day. I'm shot. My bottle is drained. God is self-sufficient. He breathes life into himself. He doesn't need anything from us or anything about us. He's good because he's God. And when I build my life around that, guess what? I'm way more steady because people saying things about me, drain me. Yeah. Uh, try to try to do an interview. It doesn't go well, drain me. Try to do this, drain me. And then go to God, fills me up. So yeah. guess where I need to spend most of my time? It's it's for me, my listening time with the Lord. I mean, I can have a terrible day and spend five minutes listening to him. I'm pretty good. And yeah. so just, he's all self-sufficient. And that's why I want parents to grasp that at the beginning, because mm -hmm. your kids are going to wear you out. I tell my kids, I need five minutes with Jesus. Like, don't knock on the door. I'm going to be in my room with my Bible and praying. Like, give me five minutes with Jesus. Oh, I'll true, be true. a much, be much better mom at the end of that. Okay, love and I, I love that. So every, I mean, we could spend 30 minutes talking about every one of these chapters, which we're not going to do that today because you need to just go get the book, folks, because it's so good. But let's talk about this. Okay. If your child has mental health concerns, 
they're struggling with technology. We've had, we had one child that she would get around every, every lock, every, everything we tried to block. <laughs> I'm like, if you would put as much effort into your homework. Like you can, like you can be, I don't know, graduated from college when you're 13 or something. Like she would just figure out how to get around everything. Um, hyper-sexualized. I mean, we went to the county fair yesterday and oh. I, my eyes. I don't even know what to do about that. It's real anyway, crazy, isn't it? It's all, crazy. all the things, all the things. But okay, let's talk about what because we can't talk about each subject. What encouragement would you have? Because when these things come up, with every parent, it might be one of these things in the next six months. It might be four of these things in the next six months. Where do they start in these topics when it comes? Because it's it these things are going to come up. If you have a child. Yeah. That's well over the age of two because you just said three and a half was an right. issue. Like if you have right. a child, these are things are going to come up. So, yes, go get the book for sure. We want you to read about specifically helps for each area. But generally, how do we handle okay. these situations when they come up with our kids? Sure, I'd love to speak to that. Um, let me first of all say to any parent watching today, any parent watching, you know, as as you do in the days ahead, listen to this thought: if your child comes to you and brings to you something that scares you to death you don't even want to hear it okay you don't even want to know about it but your child brings it up to you i want to first say to you good job as a parent mm. the fact that your kid wants to, oh it, it touches me because i'm thinking parent good job that means you've built some type of a relationship with your kid that they would actually want to talk to you about it now that doesn't mean you aren't going to want to freak out. That doesn't mean that you're knowing exactly how to handle it. But I want you to know, uh, I'm proud of you yeah. that you have raised your child in such a way that they would want to come and talk to you. And then one of our counselors here, I said to her, I said, Sarah, if if a parent is listening to me speak right now and you could give them as a teen counselor, you could yeah. give them one piece of advice, what would it be? She said, oh, that's so easy. And I was like, wait, really? That's easy? <laughs> Very easy. I said, well, what is it? She said, when their kid comes and tells them something that's scary, they don't want to hear, et cetera. She said, tell them, first of all, encourage them. But secondly, tell them facial appearance mm -hmm. doesn't change. Body language doesn't change. She said, Very calm. Inside, every capillary might be bursting. <laughs> but make sure that on the outside, they're very calm. She said, tell parents this. One of the reasons their kids are coming to see me the first time, then come the second time is no matter what they bring up, they don't get a reaction. Mm -hmm. from me. I'm willing to let them express and say what they're wanting to say. And she said this too. So right now, if your kid comes to you in this hypersexualized world that you said and brings up a topic that you don't want to hear, she said, don't in your mind run to the end of what you think that means. She said, mm -hmm. right now, kids, are just very confused. Kids and teens are yeah. very confused. They're hanging out with their peers. They're hearing words that we don't even know what the definitions are. So they're coming partly to go, I need some guidance here. I'm, 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 am I crazy? Am I dealing with stuff that's weird? And your calmness, your ability to say, oh, okay, well, tell me what that means to you. What, what are you thinking when you hear that word? When you're thinking that about yourself, what do you mean by that? She said, let them express it. Cause many times in just allowing them to communicate that stuff, they're, they're not wanting to go down that trail. You go down that you think is the worst trail in the history of the world. They're not going down that trail. They're just trying to express something to their parents and they got nobody else to talk about. That's an adult. That's an adult. And I've been saying lately, like when I speak to teens, Krisha, 
I get that privilege and I love it. It's old youth pastor in me never dies. And I, I say to the teens when I start, I say to them, hey, first of all, I want to apologize to you that there have been no adults in the room. I'm really sorry that, you know, it feels like the adults that I see on TV, they seem more chaotic than the yeah. And so, you know, be the adult in the room with your kid and have that number two, you know, allow them to speak it. But number two, have a solid foundation with your answers. It's why chapter one talks about our identity in Christ. If your response is just your opinions that you're pulling out of thin yeah. air, then you're going to create more chaos. You're just yeah. going to get into an argument. But if you can say, well, I want to share with you where I built my foundation. You know, you'll have to choose if you want to build this foundation. You can't build it on me because I'm all over the place. But I found my foundation in God the Father. He's where I turn to for guidance on these things. And scripture speaks to it in the book. We talk about that very clearly. And scripture gives some very beautiful guidance on it. And what we try to do is help parents understand if you point your kids to scripture, don't point them to you. Don't point them to family traditions. Don't point them to what great grandpa said. Point them to scripture because that will never change and it won't go away even if you pass away. So the reason we focus on that is just helping parents understand, do your research and know your solid foundation and why you believe what you believe. And then, you know, your child may disagree with you and you can easily say, yeah, I, I, this really isn't a agree or disagree thing. This is my foundation. And my daughter looked at me and said, well, then I don't agree with that foundation. I said, that's fine. Yeah, you could do that. But beautifully, seven years later, she came back to that because it was in her heart and in her soul. She even said that she said, I woke up in South Carolina on a picnic table drunk. And I thought, wait a minute, dad taught me some solid scripture. She didn't start. It started. Dad, the scripture verses you sang when I was a little girl started coming to my mind and made me want to come home because God's word is alive. Yes. God's word is alive and it speaks into the heart and the soul because the creator put that soul in you. So of course his word's going to speak to you. Sorry, Tricia, the preacher's coming out. Oh, I love it so much. And I, we think about when we adopted teens, we're homeschooling. I'm like, I'm reading God's word to them every single day. And yeah. they would be sitting there rolling their eyes. Mm -hmm. like, why are we doing this? Like, why aren't we doing math? And they'd have <laughs> their heads down and they would not want to listen. We worked on, we memorized scripture verses, but God's truth is there. God's truth is in their heart. And even the ones now that are doing their own thing, they will call and say, mom, you're right about this. Or remember that scripture verse about that? That is there. So you got to gotta put it in there first. But second, I yep. love how you said, and also you need to know, your foundation being right. God's word resources like this, where it's going to tell you this, the Bible talks about this here, the Bible talks about this here. So, you know, cause I guarantee these topics are going to come up. These topics yeah. are going to come up. They are. You have a child over two. So if you know how you're going to respond, I love the face thing. Um, I volunteered in a crisis pregnancy center for, for many years. And they said, you know, yeah. no matter what they say, when they come in, you got to keep that face. Like, you can't be surprised like, oh, my goodness, or whatever. Yeah. You're going. Walking in or someone you know walking. I mean, you just have to keep yeah. the face. Um, but then also, I love how you said asking questions. Well, what do you think about that? What do you know? Right. And just know where they're at. Because sometimes, like you said, we're wanting to jump to this conversation. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, this conversation, like down here conversation. Yeah. I love the questions. And another thing that I have learned to do, too, is like, you know what? That's a really good question. Let me think about that yeah. for a little bit and I'll get back to you. Like in that totally. moment, sometimes we don't know how to respond. Nope. Then you go to God's word. 
you can pull out this and like, what did our book say about that again? Yeah, um, really and it's not yeah. like we need to answer in the next three minutes. That's the right. next morning you say, you know what? You were talking about that. Mm -hmm. I really had to think about that. And I really mm -hmm. had to pray and, and think about how I could respond. And this is like what I learned in God's word are you're able to give them a response, but again, you don't have to do it in the next three minutes. So that's, that's so, so good. That's so good, Trisha. And I would even say, you know, I have a friend who recently had a 17 year old daughter ask her a question in this area. And she said, let me get back to you on that. And she actually wrote it out and send it to her. And I said to her, that's actually brilliant because the kids got it to take to her room to read it later. And it was beautiful. So you're right. Don't think you have to have all the answers on the spot because I know I sure didn't. And the times where I inserted Dan's answer that I think is perfect. <laughs> That didn't usually work. Or the out. emotions, or the shock, <laughs> yeah. or the drama yeah. from mom does not oh. help. Does as a therapist went like, if you're able to stay level, that keeps them level. If you totally. escalate, they'll escalate. Like totally. all the things. Like we are, we are the. I mean, we're the ones that they're going to look to to see how to respond. Right. We're able to calmly say, even if we're like you said, even if we're freaking out inside, yeah. it's yeah. going to help a lot. Oh, there's so many good things. I could continue mm -hmm. to talk to you all day. Uh, the good news is a lot of it's written here uh, in the book. So again, the book is Winning at Home, Tackling the Topics that Confuse Kids and Scare Parents. Um, I just love how there's so many practical applications here that parents can take, uh, whether they're already struggling with these things or, like I said, these topics are going to come up if your child is interacting with the world at all, which all of them <laughs> interact with the world yeah. at all. Um, so where can parents find more information about the book and you and other resources that you have to help and encourage families. Well, as I said, Salem was so nice when they published the book, they said, you know, can we name it winning at home? That's the name of our ministry. So I'm like, yeah. absolutely. I'm not going to fight you on that. But if you go to winning at home.com, spell it all out, winning at home.com. You'll see all of our resources there. We have a lot of counselors, coaches who do podcasts, we have a podcast called Hope for the Hard Stuff that one of our, uh, you know, if, if you like what I'm saying, you're going to love our team even better because they're just very gifted individuals, clinically trained, great pastors. And so, you know, our goal is just to speak truth like I've tried to do here. Tricia, yeah. thank you for your kindness and allowing me to do that. But go to winningathome.com to get the book. I mean, anywhere, Amazon, Books a Million, your local bookstore, hopefully it's there as well. But just uh, ask for it, Winning at Home. And you know, our prayer is that people who read this and we hope you do, uh, we hope it will encourage you. Hey, let me first say, and I don't say this just to say it. God's word is where you go for guidance. Yes. This, book, this book's just a little addendum, but we believe it gives you some good resources. And especially for some of the things that are happening in, in 2022 that are new and parents are facing that, you know, frankly, my parents didn't face. And so, you know, we wanted to speak into those issues. So we trust and pray that as you go and check out the resources, see some of our podcasts, it will be an encouragement to your spirit. And Tricia, again, you are so kind. You're so easy to talk to. So thanks for your kindness. Well, thank you for being here. Um, I love this book. I love your resources that you have on your website. This would be great to do with a group of parents, whether it's a church group, even a friend. I'm always talking about, what do we say this? What do we do about this? Or praying for their kid. They're praying for my kids. This would be a great resource. But Dan, thank you so much for being here today. You are a blessing. Um, I know you've encouraged me and I know you've en um, encouraged my viewers too. Good. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Thank you for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com. And I can't wait until we connect again.